You're listening to The Sport Market. Once again, here's your host, Tom Mayonet. Samson Avinette, Riley, Lagerson, Nylander, Jan Krug, and Domi, boys. One of the many nice Swedish touches, if I can say it that way, of this NHL Global Series, Matt Sundin in the Toronto Maple Leafs locker room reading the Leafs lineup. Uh, you've got, of course, the Borja Salming Award going to Nicholas Lidstrom. That's another really nice touch of this NHL Global Series in Stockholm. Certainly... Kudos to the National Hockey League for following through with this kind of European marketing, this kind of global marketing in Scandinavia. Uh, Certainly Detroit Red Wings, Ottawa Senators, Minnesota Wild, and Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, great picks to represent the league given their um, propensity to have a lot of not only Swedish players, but star Swedish players. Is there anybody hotter right now in the National Hockey League among its Swedish playing community uh, than William Nylander in Toronto and Elias Pettersson uh, in Vancouver? I don't think so. That's why it is really cool that they are doing. Having said that, There's no global marketing better for the NHL than to continue to stay on strategy with this newfound confidence in building out a long-term commitment to be part of the Olympic Winter Games. We've got an opportunity to talk some good, some bad, and some ugly with John Festinger here on the sport market. And John, uh, on the good practices and good news in the business of sport, A couple of football tidbits for you. First of all, ESPN Monday Night Football, Broncos, Bills, upset win by Russell Wilson and the Broncos. The average national audience tuning into ABC, ESPN, and ESPN2, 12.7 million. Second little tidbit, Thursday Night Football's demographics, seven years younger given the fact that it's streaming in the U.S., than the age 55 average of the NFL on linear TV. It is 48 years old or 48 years young. That's the average age of those streaming on Amazon south of the border. And then the third gridiron sport business tidbit, CFL's play to move its playoffs to Saturday, paying off big time, ratings up 43% year over year. Which of those three football tidbits, football television tidbits, uh, is, is, is the one that you've been thinking about most over these past couple of days? Well, I, I'm going to say the CFL's increase in ratings by going to Saturday, a really smart move. But when that pays off, when it's grounded in reality from a business of sports point of view, that's incredibly important. I, I, I am. It was very close because the Amazon Thursday lowering the demographics is really, really significant. But in a way, what the CFL has done for its own demographics, I would say, is slightly more significant 
Um, but they both trend in the same direction, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, it's it's very, very interesting. When it comes to Tuesday Night Football, which is inevitable, that prime time will be added in, in, in the next couple of years. I wouldn't be surprised if the focus is on finding another streaming partner for that prime time to bring, again, more younger fans into the NFL community. Well... A, that's exactly right, but it is also a signpost for other leagues who want to lower their demographic, the NHL being the obvious one. Uh, CFL up 43% sets up what should be a good Grey Cup weekend at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. Uh, listen, local organizing committee doing a great job on so many fronts, including bringing Niagara and the Lake and St. Catharines into the fold, really making it a, a sport tourism festival hosted by the region, not just Hamilton. But there is no excuse for not having bilingual signage, not having any French signage on the field on the sidelines. They're scrambling now uh, to make up for that. It's not as if the federal government of Canada is a, a major funding partner of the CFL, but when you got the Montreal West there, even if you don't have the Montreal West there, this is the Grey Cup final. Uh, that was a missed call. It, it is. A the fumble. Can, it, a fumble, yes. It is the Canadian Football League, after all, and this is the constitution of our country. Uh, so, of course, French should be there, whether the Alouettes are there or not. It's amazing. Uh, both you and I, uh, born in Montreal, this is the first ever Grey Cup matchup between the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Montreal Alouettes. In a nine-team league, that completely blows me away that they've never met each other before in the Grey Cup. Well, well given just the, the history of the league and the history of both teams, which goes very, very deep, I, and that is a stunning fact. Hey, another quick good practice in the business of sport, in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Bayern Munich, which is more international now than it's ever been. And of course, it's a heritage brand in Germany and in Europe, uh, playing out of the German Bundesliga. But they've had their best season ever revenue-wise. $914 million was their revenue projected for this season. That's more than $100 million north of their previous record. Is it the sort of new found international positioning of Bayern Munich and the result in TV deals? Or is just just a very well-run German soccer club from top to bottom? Well, it, it has to be both. You, you don't achieve that kind of performance when your rivals aren't achieving that kind of performance uh, unless you're extremely well run. But the broadcast deals, the media deals, the streaming deals are an increasing part of it. They are soon to be in the billion-dollar club. The only other team is the Dallas Cowboys, but the Dallas Cowboys have to live with Jerry Jones. So, you know, add a billion, subtract a billion, in my view. And, of course, it's interesting. You're seeing the multiples there. Uh, you get to a billion dollars in revenue, like the Dallas Cowboys got to last year. You're now at $9 billion dollars in terms of enterprise value, uh, expect uh, Bayern Munich uh, to be well north of, of, of $6 billion if they continue these kinds of revenues and it locks in on the multiple of, let's say, anywhere from 6 to 1 to 8 to 1 to revenues. In the bad practices or bad news in the business of sport, uh, Las Vegas uh, Formula One, uh, I am among those who believe that it's typical of a lot of new events, especially... 
standalone events like the Olympics and World Cups. You got so much media negativity at the front end. But once the athletes start doing their magic, uh, everything else falls into place. I do believe mistakes have been made, but I also believe that this will work out over the long term for uh, F1. John, you're a big F1 fan. From your vantage point, what's what's what are we looking at this weekend? A glass half full or empty? I, I think we're looking at a glass that is directly in the middle. Uh, honestly, I, I I don't know if it's half full or half empty. Uh, I think it is neither of those. Uh, terrible first um, practice session that lasted all of seven minutes. Um, second, you know, the subsequent practice sessions, okay. Qualifying, just okay. But the course is built for a race. Um, and if the race is good, we'll go to half full. Lots of mistakes made in promotion um, and, and, and Vegas and Formula One. And overpricing. Uh, and overpricing. Uh, but Vegas and Formula One have always been an odd fit. The previous race in Vegas was in the Caesars Palace parking lot, which was a disaster, and that's why they haven't come back for decades. I do think they'll be back, and 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 but it'll a lot will depend on the race tonight uh, at 10 p.m. Um, uh, 1 1 a.m. in the east, 10 p.m. in the west. And, and and you know you're used to waking up really early on Sunday mornings for European uh, and 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 Asian uh, based events. Uh, how do you think you and millions of other uh, F1 fans will be staying awake so late to 10 p.m. Pacific for the start time, uh, 1 a.m. Eastern. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a very strange time. I get the the notion that Vegas is a is a night city and everything comes alive. You know, after midnight. You know, qualifying was at midnight Pacific time last night. Um, I, I think it's odd. I think that's probably one of the things that they're going to have to regularize once they see the ratings. Other bad practice in the business of sport, really flawed public policy by the Quebec provincial government, the CAQ government of Francois Legault, basically doing a deal with the Los Angeles Kings to have them play two exhibition games in Quebec City, um, the LA Kings against the Boston Bruins, the LA Kings against the Florida Panthers next year. Uh, in the preseason, after the Montreal Canadiens, uh, admittedly hearing about these plans, said, hey, do it for free. To me, the fact that they're making a decision that the city of Quebec and and the the, the region of Quebec should make, this is a provincial government. The last time I looked, Montreal and the Montreal Canadiens were part of the province of Quebec. This kind of politics leads to dead public policy. It is such a mistake, especially given the opportunity to say, hey, this is the 30th anniversary of the Habs defeating the LA Kings. Let's celebrate by having a two-game set next um, fall L.A. Kings and the Montreal Canadiens, you'd be selling out, you'd be doing more sport tourism, and you also help support the Montreal Canadiens, which are part of your economic infrastructure in your own province. The L.A. Kings are not. This is not the first time Francois Legault... Well, this is not the first time Francois Legault has done something incredibly stupid. 
generally. This is certainly not the first time that Francois Legault has done something incredibly stupid around hockey. He's been very outspoken on a number of fronts, uh, very irresponsible about talking about French-Canadian players in the NHL and and possible bias. Um, So none of this should surprise anybody in terms of him playing politics. It's completely ridiculous. No-go Legault, but He'll do what he wants, and he's really hurting nobody but the province of Quebec when he does this. Uh, And and the reality is, I I, I look at the NHL to say, guys, you've fallen asleep at the wheel here. You need to regulate your marketing territories. You just can't have a wild, wild west of teams playing in other teams' backyards. I think the National Hockey League should have said, hold on a second, nice idea, but let's have the Montreal Canadiens, who are in the Quebec marketing territory, let's have them be the team that plays these two preseason games. It's just it's it's completely absurd, and there should be some connection. So even the Florida Panthers would make more sense in a way than the Los Angeles Kings. He's John Festinger. I'm Tom Mayanek. Um, Tino Retta in the uh, uh, producer's chair. No question that this is a big issue. It's ugly practice in the business of sport. We're talking about the Arizona Coyotes. Marty Walsh, the executive director of the NHLPA, uh, voicing his concerns over the franchise continuing to search for an arena fruitlessly so far. We'll get into that as part of our penny stocks next with John Festinger. And those penny stocks are some of the smaller sport business storylines right now that could make it to the big board in the coming weeks and months. You're listening to us rate and debate the bulls and bears of sport business on the Sportsnet Radio Network.